Katiana, what age would you say is the right age for our children to be on social media? I think if we're talking about what we call unsupervised, then definitely I would not be looking at having your children under the age of probably about like 13 to have unsupervised uh, access to social media. Even after the age of 13, at least be kind of aware of what your child is doing on social media. And this should last your child is at least, you know, 16 or 17, right? Um, And, you know, even then kind of check in on your kids but you know if your child is under the age of 13 so we're looking at primary schoolers i definitely would not be wanting them to have a social media account that mom and dad is not not aware of and those that are 13 and above like how would you suggest you know mom and dad keep an eye on what's going on well i think again like very much everything else have an open conversation with them about the fact that you want to make sure that they're using social media responsibly so i mean i do have some parents who are sneakily setting up social media accounts and then kind (laughs) of like following their children from there Um, and if that works for them then yeah but I mean I do prefer if the kids are (laughs) I didn't didn't raise my hand I was just uh, rubbing my eye (laughs) I think that that's often the option that parents choose the most you know they they feel that it's a lot less of a conflict kind of driven Mm. way is to just set up an account and just kind of follow their kids but I think that what that does that it kind of breeds a a little amount of distrust right so um, I would kind of prefer if parents do talk about it have open conversations with your kids about how to use social media responsibly. This is the thing that I feel that a lot of people are not doing enough with their kids because I guess they somehow think that schools are going to do it or they think that kids will learn themselves. But very little conversation is being had about responsible social media use. I love that because they need to actually be, they're the ones making the decision, right? So it's important that they know how to do that. So how important is maturity versus actual age when it comes to the sometimes toxic environment of social media? Mm. I think definitely maturity is important because I feel that age isn't really um, I mean yes the older you are technically on paper the more mature you're supposed to be but I feel that you know it is a very subjective thing children who are a lot more protected tend to develop what you call the street smarts a lot lower a lot slower pardon me and so those kids might not be as good at picking up what grooming looks like, which is a huge issue with social media and sort of the internet in general. Um, They might not really be aware. And I've actually had some of my clients who were telling me some things that were really distressing on the online um, and had zero awareness that that was possibly a predator or some type of grooming. Um, And I've had to intervene because they had no idea and mom and dad didn't know either. And so I think that it's something that parents really do have to consider. You know, if you have a younger child, then definitely you need to be involved. But if you have say a 16 year old and you think they should be able to do that themselves have conversations with them about it to determine whether they really do seem to know what's going on right but you know I feel it's also really important for parents to educate their children on what is the best way to conduct yourself in social media things like cyberbullying and all that often happen because kids are not aware of the impact of their actions because mm. there is an, an there's an anonymity that comes with being behind a screen right and so kids are, we're not having enough conversations with our kids about, um, you know, being an internet troll and what that does and having all of these cyberbullying things, um, sending photos of yourself to strangers just because they ask. Mm. These are all things that we're not having enough conversations Actually, you know with what? our kids Even about. Even some adults need to be told about that as well. <laughs> yeah. right? yes. yes, yes, they do. Absolutely. Kachana, as parents, we always try to protect our kids for as like, long as possible. So when a child requests for a social media account, mm. how mm. can we be sure that they're ready for it? I mean, I I think it's about first and foremost making sure you have that conversation 
with your child, right? I mean, one thing I tell parents is that at the end of the day, anyone who's trying to open up a social media account on any of the platforms will see that the minimum age is actually, I think it's 18, yeah. right? So most of the kids who have these accounts are often lying about their age in order to get an account, right? And so, and there's no verification process. So there's, there's it's, it's totally easy for them to do that. So I would start with that and be like, okay, so, you know, these platforms are insisting that you're above 18 and there has to be a reason for that. And the reason for that is because there are probably content on there that is not appropriate and not safe for someone who is your age. So if you do want to have a social media account, then let's make sure that you're doing it responsibly and that mom and dad are able to help you out in the event that there are stuff on there that you maybe don't want to see or you don't want to be exposed to and you can't really stop it. Do you think you could give us a checklist of the things that we need to mm. add into this conversation we have on yeah. a kids? Well, so we're we about start? to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah what do mm. we need to cover? So the first thing would be to address like what I talked about earlier, the fact that all of these social media platforms do have an age requirement. Kids are bypassing it because they want to, but the age requirement is there for a reason. So ensure that your kids understand that this age limit or this age minimum is because of the fact that most of these social media platforms cannot control the content that is being published, right? Right. And we all know about the drama, about Mm -hmm. content regulation Mm -hmm. and stuff. So have that conversation so that kids understand that it's not about you being a parent going like, oh, I don't want you to do this because I say so. But it's about a genuine concern over their safety and their what they're being exposed to. So scare so, them a bit in a way. <laughs> you can well, I wouldn't say scare them, but just be very factual about okay, it, right? right? Because remember that with any young person, if you're not presenting something that has a logical reason behind it, they will probably go against right. you. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. giving them a solid why, why this is, yes. and it's a fact. So okay, okay. Yeah, so that's it's one. A fact, yeah. Right? Yeah, that's one, right? The second thing is to also say that, you know, at the end of the day, it's about wanting to ensure that, you know, they are not being exposed to things that they can't handle, right? And so there is a transparency that you need to establish. What that transparency can be like, like I suggested earlier, where you have joint accounts with your kids or just request your kids' passwords and so that you can access it, right? And to just be kind of very aware. The reason why it's so important to have these conversations with your kids and not kind of sneak up on them is because if they find out that you're doing doing this behind their back, they might just change their passwords. They might just create second and third and fourth and fifth accounts, right? So you want them to know, you want them to kind of um, agree and be on the same page and kind of understand that there's a benefit to the transparency. As parents, we sometimes put up way too many photos and videos of our children Mm. on our own Mm. social media. I know I'm Mm -hmm. very conscious about that. Um, Are we being hypocrites if we don't allow them then to be on social media? Well, that's the thing. You got to practice what you preach, right? right? And so, kids I have actually had teenagers in in session say the same thing where you know moms and dads are constantly posting pictures of them without their permission right and then so they're just like why can't we do the same right so I think that you know I'm very mindful exactly of what you were saying Asha of like you know even when my friends like recently one of my good friends had sent me a a picture of her newborn and I haven't you know put it up anywhere I haven't even sent it to other people because I feel like you know it's something that you got to ask permission for Mm -hmm. right Um, and I think when you have children who are approaching a certain age like primary school and above you know I think it should be understandable that you should ask your kids whether it's okay for certain things to be posted because you're setting a precedence of the fact that you want to be not just respectful to the fact that you know it is their image and it's going to be going on a social media mm-hmm. platform yeah. right um, but also you're setting a tone that there is a certain level of what should be posted and what isn't right so on the one hand you have parents well yeah posting all of the photos of their kids just you know whenever they want haphazardly yeah. and then getting upset at their 
kids wanting to do the same or their kids wanting to have a social media presence, you know? So, you know, it's just the same thing. Like I have some parents who want their kids off their phones, but then during the entire consultation, their parents are on their phones, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so difficult to tread. I mean, like I know I've had to be having this kind of conversation with my son since he was mm. about, I don't know, maybe three or four. Mm. Is it okay if I put this picture up of you kind of thing? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I'm well versed in the yeah, arguments there. I like that. Practice mm-hmm. what you preach. Yeah. I like that. Practice mm-hmm. what you preach. That is the tenet of parenting, in my opinion. Practice mm-hmm. what you preach. What would be um, your advice to parents who have to make this decision? Well, I think that there is really, um, it is a personal preference. There are some parents who are a lot more lax and a lot more relaxed about the idea of their kid being on social media. And there are some parents who refuse to even entertain the notion. They there really is no guideline over what you want to practice. I'm not going to say that the people who are eliminating their children from access to social media is bad and vice versa. But I think that the way the main thing you have to remember is that kids are not going to be capable of policing their own interactions on social media. That has to be our job as the adults in their lives. You know, so you need to be aware that if your child comes into contact with something that they shouldn't, that is not at all their fault. Right. And not to say that it's yours either, but you kind of need to be aware that they're not going to be able to see the danger in the same way that we can. Aaron, as a cybersecurity advocate, in your personal opinion, at what age would you even consider, say, for a child to have their own social media account? Actually, f- for me, and uh, based on doctor called uh, Gabor, Gabor from, Mate, uh, yes. Gabor Mate, yeah. yes. So based on Gabor Mate, he said that it's not about age, but it's based on when the child is ready and mature enough to handle that device. Mm. So an example would be if I take my own kids as an example. They know what cyber threats are because I talk to them about it. They know what cyberbullying is. But the problem that they do have is in terms of that emotional connection that they have with devices. Mm. That I haven't sorted out yet. So that's something mm. I'm struggling with right now so they know the threats mm-hmm. and god willing they'll, they'll, they'll know how to handle those things or at mm-hmm. least come to me and my wife if, if they have problems right. but in terms of them being able to manage their own time with devices i'm struggling there so when you say emotional connection you mean sort of wanting to just stay on it and <laughs> ignore the world what happens is that we all have emotional needs right mm-hmm. so what happens is that, for instance if a parent doesn't give the right emotional needs to their children they'll get it from their friends Mm. Right. If I'm not getting that uh, emotional need from a human, I'm going to get it from a device. Right. Okay. That's what happens. Right. Mm. This attachment basically replaces human attachment. And imagine mm. for a child, which can be as early as one, two, three or four, when they build that attachment with a device, it's something that can't easily be replaced. Because also what happens is the longer a child looks at a screen, the more it depletes his dopamine receptors long term. Right, right, and when wow. you have less dopamine receptors, that mm. has a big impact on how you manage addiction issues later on in life. Yeah. So what are the dangers that we risk our children being exposed to on social media? Mm. If I was to roughly break it down, the, I would probably say there are three main problems or challenges that we all face, including children. So the first one, would be the most traditional Hollywood-based threat, which is hackers. Not being aware of how vulnerable we are to data theft, uh, privacy concerns, and things like that. The second part would be in terms of cyberbullying and how kids interact with each other, right? So with cyberbullying, what we see is things escalate very quickly because, for instance, when we were in school, if we got bullied at school, when we got home, that was our safe space. Hmm. Yes. Right? Yes. We'd have time to kind of talk to our parents. Maybe our parents mm-hmm. would see that we were a bit off or unhappy. So there was time to kind of, okay, what's going on? Uh, you know, what advice can I give? How do we reset? And then it happens all over again tomorrow. Yeah. But with 
cyberbullying it's non-stop because everybody has a device so the child is bullied at school then he gets home on the way home in the car or the bus he's being bullied on his phone he gets home he gets he runs straight into his room crying locks the door he's still being bullied because he has his computer and it's kind of sad and ironic is because they're addicted to the device Right, mm-hmm. so you would think that just put the device down, yeah, switch it off. But then that's part of the addiction. They can't switch it off. They can't put it away. Mm-hmm. And as long as it's on, they're exposed to these things. It's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. The last part is in terms of sexual predators, mm-hmm. pedophiles, and things like this. So I, I feel that those are kind of the three main categories of the mm-hmm. technical side, social side, in terms of the people around us. And the third one is the real, real, like the worst case scenario threats. What software is available, if any, to monitor any kind of, I don't know, grooming, toxic material that our child might be susceptible to? Well, when it comes to softwares, I don't, I try not to recommend because one is it's easy to Google and try to figure out what's Mm. suitable for you. Some software you have to pay, some are free. But then the free ones, nothing is free. Like we talked about. You always say, don't, yeah, yeah, free is not really free. What information are they collecting? But anything to do with like child software, I would say is kind of like a last resort, right? It's been proven that actually the most effective way to protect your child from the internet at home is to take the digital device out of the bedroom. That makes sense because you're just limiting the time to a certain amount of time and they can't go down that rabbit hole, right? And this this research was done by, I think it was uh, Norton or McPhee, one of the big Mm. antivirus companies. And they said the the best way to secure your child from online threats is to take the device out of the bedroom, put it in a public area at home. So a living room or a study area, because then the child is conscious that when I'm using the computer, mommy and daddy could see what I'm doing. Is tracking our kids wrong? Is that just a huge debate we should say for another conversation then? No, no. Um, I would say that track them and make them aware of it. Right. right so darling, I'm going to put a tracker in here for your safety. So if we lose the device or you don't pick up or whatever, this is tracked. Right. So yes. keep, keep them aware of it. Yeah. Another example would be, for instance, let's say, God forbid, something happens to a child. You want to be able to access their all their online accounts as fast as possible right. in case there's any information that would help find them. Right. right. So an example would be ask your child and this can be done for teenagers too ask them to write down every account they have with the password right put it in a sealed envelope and you promise them you say look mommy and daddy are not ever gonna open this envelope unless god forbid something really bad happened right mm. you know it's a it's a building trust between you and your child right and then of course if you do tear it up because oh, i need to know what she's doing on facebook i need to know what she's doing on twitter or whatever you do tear that up and use the password then you lose that trust and it's going to be downhill from there because she's just going to have hidden accounts everywhere on every platform so we have to build that trust so if i were to put you on the spot right now and ask you to just give me the top five or seven or whatever it is advice to parents when it comes to social media and their kid give us a checklist no computer screens uh, before the age of two minimum secondly would be phones are are not a necessity they're a luxury right so if a six-year-old seven-year-old says that mommy i need a phone they don't need a phone right so you have to explain that to them mm-hmm. third would be don't rely on softwares to solve your problems teach your children how to take care of themselves more importantly when something happens they're not comfortable with they know that they can come to mom and dad Mm-hmm. Four is whatever platform you want to use, master it. So if let's say DJ your niece wants to use YouTube, mm-hmm. then she should understand how to block comments. She should understand how she can block people who say nasty stuff. Yeah. But more importantly, she has to understand that not to sound harsh, but these people don't mean anything. Yes. Right. Yes. They they do not dictate the value of her self worth. Correct. Right. I've- Number five would be as a parent, 
uh, we have to take full responsibility. So as parents, we have to be aware of the problems. We have to be aware of the risks. Try to prepare our children for it. Just like how parents used to prepare their children to go to the park.